You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 158. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits Podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. And as always, it is an honor and a privilege to have you here. We have covered some amazing topics, and many of them over the last few weeks have been leading to this episode on how we can better communicate with those in our sphere. Uh, Perhaps it's our inner circle, our family, our friends, our loved ones, our partner. Perhaps it's just strangers, and when we start to get into conversations with them, how can we have connective, conscious communication, even though we all have a different experience of the world around us? And as I've dove in over the last few weeks to morals and ethics and beliefs and opinions, stop arguing and start listening. These topics all have a place in our day-to-day lives. It is the fuel we use to project ourselves forward in our lives. And because we don't live in a bubble, we live with a lot of people around us, we are projecting ourselves into their lives. So our standards, our goals, Our morals, beliefs, ethics, values, opinions, our principles that we live by, all of these things are seeking a unison, a working in conjunction with other people. Being in the university system, the college system, the secondary education system, because you are out there and you are seeking to better your life through education or being involved in the education, and this goes for all of the countries that listen to me, you have chosen to go into this world because you are seeking something, a betterment, an empowerment in your lives. You go, you learn things, you use those things, you evaluate how those things have have given you your outcomes, and you seek to improve each and every day. In the process of doing all of this, you are going to come across people with varying backgrounds and identities and belief systems, uh, culture race, creed, ethnicity, its it spans the gambit. Even if you go to a predominantly blank university where everyone looks like you, sounds like you, pretty much came from the same kind of background as you, they are going to have unique experiences of similar occurrences that you've had in your life, but that are unique to them because everybody experiences the world in their own unique way. Some people feel things deeper. Some people are more aligned with how things um, touch, feel, smooth, slippery. They have a deeper um, emotional impact than maybe you do around certain events and experiences. Some people see things and, and have very visual representation systems where they're extremely visual people. They'll look up a lot because they're trying to picture things in their mind. Other people will experience the world very auditorily. They're, they um, anchor back into sights, uh, I'm sorry, sounds and music and the environment and the sounds that were happening in the environment. And because of this very unique way everybody experiences the world, they will have their own differing ways of experiencing things than you. And then they'll want to come and communicate the way that they've experienced things with the way you've experienced things. And there can, at times, be a clash. And when we start to dive into belief systems and identity statements and values and principles, we absolutely begin to tread water into the area where people can have very strong anchored values about themselves. And when you try to introduce yours and the conflict starts to occur in their mind and in their body, it can create this argumentative nature in us. We're we're humans. We seek to connect. We also seek to um, have our values, beliefs, and opinions be heard by others. Why is this so important? 
because what I'm noticing within the higher educational system is almost like we're reverting back to the way it used to be, where instead of accepting everybody else for the unique human beings that they are, that we're starting to section off ourselves, click ourselves off into these smaller and smaller groups so that we're surrounded by our own voices. It's like an echo chamber. The whole point of seeking higher education and, and to push ourselves into this adventurous mindset, into um, environments that we are not comfortable in because we haven't been in them as often or as much, is that we are seeking to expand ourselves. And when we allow other people who are outside of that system, who are in it, but they have their own interpretation of the system, to confine us in a box, we are allowing their interpretation of their reality to become our interpretation of our reality. And that's not good. We have worked as a society for thousands and thousands of years to get to the point where we're at, where we start to be inclusive over exclusive. And part of the way we can begin to demonstrate inclusivity is by allowing other people to say things that we don't agree with and not trying to rip their head off over it. And this can be tough when we start talking about abortion rights or the criminal justice system, social issues, Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, red state, blue state, purple state, Republican, Democrat, this can be extremely difficult when we start to step into these hot button topics. Because the way that society is framing these topics for us is that if you don't agree with the other person, then something's wrong with them. And you have to yell and scream until they decide to change their mind, whether they want to or not, just to conform with how you want to see the world. And I'm not saying that certain people's um, statements might be misinformed and might be cutting um, you off from certain rights that you feel are inalienable. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that some of the things that people are saying aren't hurtful. Right? Even though we choose to be hurt by them, that it still is instigating some level of hurt within us. And when this starts to happen, the conflict occurs, arguments happen, people collide. We don't need to just trance ourselves into being the sheep that media is trying to have us become. We can set our own standards. We can decide what we're going to be willing to listen to, what we're going to accept and condone, or what we're going to, in one way or another, push back against. Just because you listen to somebody else's opinion and it's different than yours does not mean you condone what they say. It does mean that you are creating a safe space for them to express themselves, and you hope that they then in turn create a safe space for you to express yourself. This won't always happen. And when we go back home for the holidays, we often start to run into people who are living their life the way that they have chosen to live it for quite some time, and you're coming back into the fold, into the herd, into the mix with new opinions, new belief systems, new values, new principles, new standards, because you chose to go to a university. You chose to go into higher education. You're at a community college. You're at a trade school. You're going off and doing something that will actively increase some value of something in your life. You have chosen. You have willfully paid money to put yourself into a situation where you will be stretched outside your comfort zone. But those other people back home or in their own little bubble, wherever that might be, they didn't sign up for what you signed up for. So when you come home with all these new amazing ideas and you want to share them because it's part of your lived experience and it's what you're going through, there are certain people who will want to butt heads with it because they have their way and now you're coming in with a new way that might actually be a betterment for you, but maybe they don't see it as being a betterment for them. Or for you, it's an expansion, whereas for them, it's almost like um, they're being attacked with this new information, even if that's not your intention. Because you decided to go off on this hero's journey and go off to this school and learn all this cool new stuff. They're over here doing their thing. They didn't sign up to go off and learn new cool stuff and expand their horizons. They're just living their life and they're perfectly happy with the way they're living it. But you're home and it's the holidays and conflicts will arise. And do you want everybody to storm out of the room angry at one another? Or do you want to sit down Start using I statements for how you're experiencing things, not you, 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 but I, I, I. And can you create a conscious communicative moment 
where otherwise it may have become disruptive, argumentative, and just exploded into anger, perhaps where people don't talk for weeks, months, or even years. We're seeing this happen in, in families, right? You know, politics seems to have gotten very divisive since 9-11, right? It, it was just really Bush and Gore. And that whole thing happened to go to the Supreme Court, created this huge divisive gap. Then 9-11 happened and you had the Iraq-Afghanistan wars, and then that rolls right into Obama, and that was divisive in and of itself, right into Trump, and again, more divisiveness, right into Biden. And it's like, it just continues to grow and grow and grow and grow. And for better or for worse, politics is something that can fire people up. They've tied their values and their identity statements to these people who make promises. And whether they actually come through with them or not is irrelevant. There is a certain identity that Republicans and Democrats have. And if you follow one of those parties, you are are assumed by society when you say you voted for this one, or you follow the donkey, or you follow the elephant that you agree wholeheartedly with their entire platform. And we know that's not true. I know it's not true because I'm very purple. There are some things I like on one side and there's some things I like from the other side. I do not wholeheartedly agree with any of it. But there are others who are totally in. They are drinking the Kool-Aid. And when you get into conversations with those people, what are you going to do to have it not go argumentative and instead go connective? And this is one of the reasons why I've been bringing values and beliefs and morals and ethics and standards and goals to you, because it's this kind of stuff that will cause conflicts in your life. And when we're looking for life success habits, how we communicate with others who have differing opinions in us, differing beliefs and values and principles is important. Because if you're only going to be able to get along with people who agree 100% with you, you're not going to get along with a lot of people. And the definition that people use for values and beliefs and principles can be different based on the individual person. If I say the word freedom or discipline, hardworking, closed-minded, open-minded, you have your own representation of that. You have your own definition of that. You see it in your mind, you hear it in your mind, you feel it in your body differently than me. If I say freedom, if I say oppression, you have a different way of experiencing that in your mind and in your body. So no two people will even have the same definition of a word, and it's very, very unlikely that they will ever even have the same feeling it evokes within them. So you can have the same two words, freedom and oppression, but you do not have the same definition of what that looks like, sounds like, and feels like within your own mind and body as compared to the other person. And when this starts to occur, which it probably is something that you can readily access access in your mind that has happened recently, where you feel like you've had a conflict, some conversation hasn't gone as well, and you're like, man, how could I have gotten that back on track? How could I have discussed that topic differently so that we felt connected instead of separated? And that's what we're going to cover today. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to discuss the way people communicate in, the, in as much as how their mind is processing the information that is being discussed. And the term is called chunking. So there's three ways that people can chunk. They can chunk up, they can chunk down, or they can chunk laterally to the sides. Why? Some people might call it chunking across. Um, so it could be chunking across laterally to the side, but either way, it's more of a parallel way of experiencing the conversation, whereas chunking up or chunking down is very specifically going up to more abstract, less specific, whereas chunking down is going to more specific. And when people start talking about politics, they can often get extremely emotional because they're they are specifically talking about one particular thing that has got them all ramped up. But it's the violation within them is actually coming at a much higher level. So this politician passed this one particular law, and this is how they think it's going to affect them or their loved ones. But it's violating a value. It's violating a principle. It's violating that, and that's why it's got them so upset at the very lower, lower, lower level, at the very chunked down level. Whereas if somebody is upset about something that's chunked up, they feel like their value, their principles, their morals, their ethics, their beliefs are being threatened 
are under attack, and this definitely is something that happens within people's mind and body when we discuss politics, then they get fired up. They're like, my God, you know, this party doesn't believe in freedom the way I believe in freedom. They're not experiencing the same way. We're going towards oppression, and it's only a matter of time before they take this entire country, you know, off the rails and down into the abyss because they feel like their principles and values that they thought this country stood for are no longer being upheld by the people we have put in charge of literally upholding them. And so then they start getting emotional. So then, you know, if to, to, to shift them, you might start to chunk them down and, and give them, have them give you a spe- specific way that this moral or principle is being violated for them. So now that I've given you some definitions, chunked up is going more abstract. It's more of the bigger picture. Chunked down is less abstract. It's extremely specific. Right? Or then there's going lateral or side to side across. And that's by taking a topic and, and starting to um, find connections into other topics. And this is the one that most of us are extremely familiar with. We just didn't know that there was actually terms for it. So somebody could start talking about, um, you know, that their car broke down and you could be like, yeah, you know, when my car broke down, I had to get a bicycle and then it was always fixing the bicycle. So before you knew it, I was walking and then I, all of a sudden I didn't have really comfortable shoes. And then I had to start looking at different shoes and you've taken this idea of transportation with a car and you've, you've side, you've, you've chunked it laterally to the side across to transportation with the bicycle. Then you chunk that to the side across to transportation Uh, with your feet. And then it became um, transportation and how that affects your feet and then the kinds of shoes. And and you see how you just laterally moved. You didn't walk away completely from transportation, how somebody's going to get to class. You just started to discuss other ways that you or they could get to class. And this happens so frequently that we don't even realize that we're doing it. So Why I'm walking you through this now is that when you get into hot button conversation topics during the holidays, which is fast approaching and school's about ready to end. So you're going to be going back home into this this whole world, this bubble where you used to be one version of yourself. And now you very well could be showing up as a new version of yourself. And whenever you start talking about really heady ideas, really high-end based, you know, this is where I want my life to go. This is the kind of things I want to create in my life. This is why I'm going to school. You're very much chunked up. And if people can't grasp what you're talking about and they don't feel connected to you in that conversation, you can chunk it down and start to explain to them how this particular major is going to affect your day-to-day life, how this is beginning to shift who you were toward who you are becoming. So you went to school to be a teacher because you want to help kids learn. You believe that children are the future and you want to be that guiding light, that inspiration. Like you were, um, you know, like you were shown when you were in fourth grade, when Mrs. Perkins took you under her wing and showed you why teaching was such a valuable profession. And now you have this strong principle, value, anchor belief system that children are the future and that teaching children is the most amazing job that anyone human could possibly have on the planet. That's extremely chunked up. You're into values, you're into principles, you're into morals, you're into ethics. If someone's not connecting with you when you discuss them with this major, then you start to chunk it down. And you can say, well, you know how certain kids are told that they can't accomplish things in school. But what if they were told that they could accomplish things? What if a young girl out there who doesn't have anyone in her family was told that sciences are only for boys? But sciences can be for girls. So I sat down and I started to show her some of the the cool things that science is, is helping us accomplish, like understanding how energy can be found in other places than just, um, you know, coal or nuclear, how it can be found in sunshine or it can be found in wind. And then I sit down and I show her how solar panels are made, or we, we come up with a windmill and I show her how that can actually turn these little turbines that cause, you know, wheat to be grounded. And then we go off and we take that wheat that was grounded and we turn it into bread. And now you've literally taken this high end idea of teaching science to girls so they feel empowered. And you've taken it all the way down into a specific action that you could walk this child through to show them the impact that science can have on society. The windmill was something that people were using to grind things centuries ago, right? They were using water going over, going down a creek to turn these little paddles that was, you know, causing something inside this building to turn. And all of a sudden they were using water to grind things or water to separate things. 
society figured this out long, long time ago. The Dutch loved their windmills for many reasons, right? It was able to do things on the farm that normal human power couldn't accomplish as consistently as wind could. But so you've taken this idea of what a windmill is, this thing that moves wind in order to accomplish a task, and you've broken it down into its basic components. Look, it can grind, and it grinds using gears, and these gears turn this particular way, and then we put the wheat down, and it grinds it into this powder. We mix this powder with some egg and some water, and we let it sit here, and then it starts to grow, and then we pop it into an oven, and now it's dinner. That's the idea of chunking up. You have this, uh, this, this high-end idea, and you go it down. To make it sound a little bit more simple before we move on to the other chunking, uh, the, I've, I've given you examples simultaneously of chunking up and chunking down because I think they're extremely important. And you could think of it like a bicycle. There's a bicycle. You have this whole structure that is a bicycle. But then there's also the frame. And then there's the wheels. And then a wheel has a spoke. And the, spoke is, and the spokes are made out of aluminum, some form of metal. Um, it all, you know, the frame also has a chain and the chain is attached to gears. And these gears are what, when, are what are turned whenever we pedal. And then the turning of the gears through the pedaling is what causes the bicycle wheels to move forward. You took bicycle, which is very chunked up. It is a mode of transportation. And you start to break it down into its key components. That's the idea of going from up to down. Now you could also, um, go down to up, right? You you see this bicycle. So you have the bicycle. Now let's chunk it up. Well, a bicycle is a mode of transportation. And transportation allows us to go places. And when we can go places, we can go on adventures. And when we're adventurous, we can find new things that expand our horizons. And when our new these new horizons of expansion are introduced to us, our knowledge increases. With that knowledge, we can take more focused action. And with that action, we can create a better life for ourselves. You just took a bicycle and you chunked it all the way up to this ideal, this idealistic of making our lives better. And it started with a bicycle and transportation, taking you places for adventure. And this adventure opening you up to new experiences and these experiences expanding your world. And by expanding your world, you can take different levels of action to create the life you've always desired. It's still just a bicycle. It still has gears. It still has aluminum spokes. It still has pedals. So you can take the bicycle and chunk it all the way down, right, to the, its specifics. So now you understand how the bicycle works. And then you can take that same bicycle and chunk it up and discuss what it can create in your life. As a kid, getting a bicycle, I didn't care about all the pedals and the gears and all that stuff. Uh, I just wanted it to be able to take me from me to Donovan's house a couple miles away. Now, when the tire went flat, all of a sudden, I very much cared about the specifics. And then I learned how to patch my own tires. I learned to be looking on the ground for nails as I was riding the bicycle around, not to drive through, you know, fields because that could puncture the tire. I started to take care of the specific parts of the bicycle so that the bicycle would continue to work. But overall, the reason why the bicycle mattered so much to me was because of, of my ideas of what it could take me to. Donovan's house to play video games and to bond and to have a good friend and to be around for fun things to do. That was why the bicycle mattered so much to me. But taking care of this tinier specific components, the chunk down parts of the bike, is what kept that bicycle operating for me. Having a good strong lock so when we went up to the local convenience store to get a candy bar and soda and knowing I'd come back out and my access to freedom and adventure was still waiting for me was important. I didn't care about that lock much at all until it came time to secure the bicycle somewhere so I knew it would be there when I came back. Now, that, why is that so cool to know? Right, is because when you understand that there are specific reasons for why you like something and that... in that can be up, it can be the freedom, and it can be the adventure. But then there's the chunk down, why that, why that thing works. And if something breaks down, we want to get it to work again. It's like our body. We don't care about our, we don't think too much about our feet. We, we absolutely care about our feet, but we may not think too much about our feet till our foot hurts. Then all of a sudden we're buying lotions and salves and, and we're getting braces or better shoes because we don't want our foot to hurt. But as long as our foot is fine, then all we're thinking about is where our feet are going to take us today so that we can have the life that we've always desired to lead. 
We're thinking about getting to class, not the feet that are taking us there until there's a breakdown of the feet. And then all of a sudden it becomes, how can I get this foot feeling better as soon as possible so I can keep going places? We're chunked. We're still talking about the foot, but but when it breaks down, we start talking about the intricacies of our arch and of the ligaments and of the tendons. But we really just want those to be healthy so that we can get to the higher ideals of where the feet take us, to school, to learn, to grow, to be able to expand our life and be financially secure. But all in all, we're still talking about a foot. That's still the object. But when we chunk down, we can we can see it as the specific thing that it is. And when we go up, we can think about where the foot takes us. Most people don't realize that this is the way they're communicating. And so whenever you want to... Um, get somebody who might be talking about a very hot-buttoned issue, if they're chunked down into the specifics, the idea for you then is to get them to go higher up that ladder. Get them more to how it's not just affecting them, but how it's affecting others. And now it's how is it affecting their community, and then their city, and then their state. And then what morals, ethics, beliefs, values, opinions are attached to this. Right. The further, if they're being extremely emotional, chunked down, move them up, and they'll get less emotional. Not guaranteed, but certainly the pattern does show that if somebody is chunked down, moving them up will be able to release some of the emotion. Conversely, if somebody is extremely emotional chunked up when they're talking about the morals and the ethics and the values, getting them to chunk down to how specifically this is affecting them today will give you clarity to how how this is affecting them on the inside. Now, it will begin to release some of the emotion, just like chunking up will when somebody's stuck in the downward area. If somebody is up in the up and they're super emotional and you get them to chunk down, it will begin to release emotions as well because now their brain has to go into problem-solving mode. It has to start looking at the intricacies of how this values deterioration or you know how this value being attacked by this of uh, these other people is actually affecting their life now they're starting to get into the specifics when you get people into specifics who are chunked up you can actually get them into problem solving mode if somebody is too chunked down and can't seem to come up with a way out of that and you get them to start chunking up you get them to reverse the process but they're actually also going into problem solving mode Because they can start to see how these other people might have a similar value attached to this topic they're locked in on in the specificity of it. They might have the same value. Two different people can also see things as freedom. A law can come out and some people can say, well, this is is giving me more freedom. And other people can say, well, I feel like it's oppressing me, right? But you know, what I want is freedom. Well, I want freedom. and I, But this law gives me freedom, but it doesn't give you freedom. But if we were to do the law the other way, I would not have freedom and you would have freedom. When in reality, if we can chunk it up high enough, we can actually realize that the values that we think are being attacked or bombarded by other people, it's the same value. It's just the way we're interpreting that value. And so when you want it to help people understand where you're coming from on something. If you're chunked up and you're way up in the idealistic version of it, start to chunk down because it's in that chunking down that they'll be able to start finding aspects of their life that are similar to what you're experiencing. If you can't find that similarity, then you can start to chunk across. And chunking across can be something as simple as thinking of like, transportation. Let's go back to the bicycle thing, right? You've got transportation, you've got your feet, you've got a bicycle, you've got a buggy or a bus or a taxi or a train or a tram or a ferry or a car or a truck or an airplane or a helicopter. These are all forms of transportation. We're just chunking them sideways. We're just moving it sideways. So all of those things I just listed are ways that humans can move themselves. So if somebody isn't getting an understanding of why education is so important to you and you start to chunk it down into helping people and maybe they're an accountant, then you can simply chunk it across, be like, well, you know, I want to teach people math because I think that when they understand math, they understand, you know, how to function in their life and not be afraid of numbers. And, you know, Uncle Bob, you're an accountant. So, you know, helping people understand that numbers aren't something to be afraid of is important to you. You help people learn how to balance their budgets and to set up retirement accounts. So clearly teaching people math in as much as it, it allows them a sense of security and an understanding of their finances is extremely important to you. This is why I want to help 
people learn math so that when they come across you, they're not as confused by the numbers as they would be had they not met me. And now all of a sudden, Uncle Bob's like, oh, I totally get it. You're right. I teach people numbers. You're teaching people numbers. We're just doing it differently. And you've just simply taken something that means a lot to you and you've chunked it laterally to the side in order for it to make a connection to something that they're doing. And when politics and social justice issues pop up, inevitably people will be chunked up or chunked down and you're going to want to figure out a way to maneuver that conversation so other people feel involved. If for nothing else, to just stop the conflict. And I do this stuff all the time with my friends who get locked into politics. And again, I'm very neutral. I find I'm, I'm one of those undecided people you're probably annoyed by where I'm sort of like, well, I'm still listening to the people and trying to figure it out. And there are certain things. If somebody came out and said, I support kicking dogs, trust me, I'd never vote for that person. But some things aren't black and white. They're very gray. And so I listen to what they have to say. And then I take, you know, what they've done in the past and what they're promising in the future. And then I start to, you know, sort of figure out, is there any way they can actually meet the outcomes that they're promising me that they're going to seek to achieve? And other people are just, nope, I'm an elephant or I'm a donkey. And they're, that's it. They are, that's the path they are going to take. And they don't want to hear it any other way. doesn't matter what the donkey or the elephant say. They are all in on the donkey or the elephant. So when they get locked in, and they might be high level, well, I believe that, you know, the donkey or the elephant, they believe in freedom and justice in the American way. Well, those are extremely vague things to say. We don't have the same definition of freedom, justice in the American way. We we just don't. That means something differently to everybody. We all have our own internal representation of what that means. Conversely, somebody could say, well, this, you know, the, the, the donkey wants to raise taxes and the elephant wants to lower them. Right now, you know, now we're stuck into the specificity of taxes, which is going to affect their finances, their ability to save, go on vacations, afford chocolate milk, whatever it is. That's even more specific. I can't afford chocolate milk. Why can't you? Because chocolate milk has tripled in price since the pandemic ended. Why do you think it's tripled in price since the pandemic ended? Well, because the donkeys are in charge. And when the elephants were in charge, milk was a dollar and now milk's three dollars and it's all the donkey's fault. They're stuck in the specificity of it. And so you can start to chunk them up, be like, well, you know, you're right, milk has gone up. I mean, what are some other things that are staples that we've noticed price increases on this, this, and this? Wow, you know, is there any place that we could find those things that wouldn't cost so much so that inflation wouldn't be as much of a as a conflict with our bank accounts? Now, all of a sudden, instead of shopping at Whole Foods, maybe we're shopping at Aldi. Same products are sold there. It's just the prices are vastly different. And now you get them out of the specificity where they can't find a solution and you start to chunk them up out of just, well, I only shop at Whole Foods and that's the only place I know where to buy chocolate milk. Well, yeah, you're right. Chocolate milk is $3 at Whole Foods, but it's $2 at Walmart and it's $1.50 at Aldi. And now all of a sudden they're like, oh, okay, well, that doesn't hurt as much. It still may not make them like donkeys anymore. They might all still be in on the elephant, but at least the specificity of that problem is starting to find a possibility of solution. When people get emotionally up or down, regardless if they're in the specificity or they're in the abstract, and they're stuck in one of those two, then they're locked into the impossibility mindset. They don't see a solution. If you can get them to start to move up or down the ladder, they can begin to find the solution. They can begin to move into possibility mindset mode. And that's what you're looking for. It may Look, they're not going to change their opinion. If they're, a, if they're an elephant, they're an elephant. If they're a donkey, they're a donkey. They're not going to just flip because of one conversation or because you raise your voice and scream at them. It's not going to work. If anything, they're just going to shut you down. They're, just going to, they're, just, they're going to stop listening. They're not going to believe what you're saying to them because you're yelling at them. This is why those talking heads on TV, don't, they don't change people's minds. They definitely will reaffirm what you might already believe or reaffirm what you definitely don't believe, but they're not changing your mind because they're talking to you like you're an idiot, but you're not an idiot. You've got hundreds of thousands of hours of life under your belt that have taught you that this is the way you believe. And something might change that belief, but it's going to take something that's big, that's impactful, that changes your mind because you want to change your mind. We see this happen with politicians who rail against drug use or rail against homosexuality and then somebody in their home gets, you know, becomes addicted to a drug or comes out as gay or bisexual or a lesbian or transgender. If they come out and now all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, 
well, this was a problem for other people's families, so I could easily say no to gay rights. But now my daughter's gay. This happened to John McCain. Now my daughter's gay. Well, maybe I should rethink the way I, I treat homosexuality. Why did it have to wait until someone in his actual house was affected by this for him to have empathy, sympathy, and compassion for other people having a different way of living life, a different way that their DNA and chromosomes created them? But for some reason, people can't seem to want to change their belief system around something until it shakes and rocks their own life to its core. Instead of just stepping into somebody else's shoes and saying, huh, wow, 7 billion people on the planet, there's probably going to be a lot of them who have a different way of living their life, and that's awesome. Individuality is amazing. It's what makes our world so exciting. It's the hating of somebody else who is different than us that makes the world scary. So when you want to help maneuver somebody to a more possibility mindset, you can move them chunking up or chunking down wherever they're at. If they're if they're down, get them to move up. If they're up, get them to move down. And if you just want to start to increase awareness of of other um, ideas, other topics, other ways of seeing a particular situation, and you don't feel like up or down is going to accomplish that, that's when you start to chunk it across and to the side. That's when somebody's talking about inflation and how the donkeys are, are causing it. And you can say, well, yeah, you know, a lot of things have gone up. I mean, cars have gone up, gas prices have gone up, you know, staple items have gone up. And I was like, and you know, really, it's taxing a lot of families. I mean, what are other ways that our families are taxed? I bet you they're all working a lot harder now than they used to because, you know, money is less valuable. So they're working harder for less. I mean, gosh, that's taking people away from their families who they want to spend time with, maybe. I don't know about you and your family, right? It's like, what are some ways that we could start spending quality time with each other if there, if we feel like there's less time? And you've literally just laterally chunked it from it being about money and, and the hardship at the house, and you've slowly just moved the conversation over to something about how you could become more united as a family. You haven't completely changed the subject. You've just changed it from my my family is struggling because money is tight to these are ways that my family can bond with less time with one another because we're all working so hard. It's, I mean, again, let's go back to the transportation thing. Somebody could be pissed off that their car broke down. And then you could say, yeah, I remember when my car broke down and I had to get a bicycle and then that became a whole thing. And next thing you know, I was walking and, you know, but then all of a sudden I started walking more often and I realized, wow, walking's actually super healthy. And I lost like five pounds because of all the walking and man, I felt better. And all of a sudden I felt better with about my body. And then I, I, I had more energy. I was able to, you know, pick up a second job. And before you knew it, I was able to afford to have my engine fixed. You're still talking about the car. You've just laterally moved the conversation over to walking and how that benefited you. And now the other person can say, wow, you know what? You're right. Right? It's like, okay, you know, the car broke down. I'm not thrilled about it, but certainly these are some opportunities I have now that this one thing has happened. Because the car broke down. It, It happened. You can't change the fact that the car broke down, but you can change the way that you're experiencing the car being broke down by moving it to the side. Chunking across is akin to, to, like, it's like promoting free association. That is to say that connections can be made between objects that initially appeared to have no relation to each other. And in college, this is amazing. Right? Somebody can be, you know, railing against class and how, you know, how hard this teacher is on them. And then you can move it. Well, yeah, you know, that teacher is pretty hard on us. You know, and I wonder why they're doing that. You know, it may be to create resiliency in us because life is can be difficult. And even when we think we've got it all figured out, sometimes life just kicks you in the teeth. So his being hard on us is really just giving us this experience of what it'll be like when a boss doesn't care about our excuses. The project's supposed to be turned in at 3 p.m. and we didn't turn it in at 3 p.m. They don't care that we were sick. They don't care that our dog got out of the gate. They just know that we didn't fulfill our obligation to the team and our assignment was late. So maybe, you know, the reason the professor is doing this is just to prepare us for what we're going to experience out there. You still may not like the teacher, but at least you can understand that they have a motivation for why they're behaving the way they are. That may not actually be their motivation. They could just be wanting to be a dick. But at the same time, it doesn't matter what the reasoning they have for it. What matters is how you're interpreting what's going on for you. 
Somebody could be doing things because they want to be mean to you so they feel better about themselves. But you could just say, well, you know what? This is teaching me resiliency. This is teaching me self-confidence. This is teaching me to believe in myself and not letting other people's opinions of me affect how I see me. Their whole reason for talking down to you could be to make themselves feel better. And so they're just going to be mean to you so that they can at some stage of their existence have more power over you. That's fine if that's how they choose to experience it, but it doesn't have to be how you choose to experience it. You can experience it as empowering. You can experience it as uplifting because it's teaching you valuable resources you want to have for your life. Who cares why they're doing it? Let that be their reason. But being mad at them for their reason is like drinking poison, hoping they get sick. It's not going to work. So just in, just choose to interpret it different. And I'm not saying you're not going to have emotions that come in once in a while that think, why is this person being so rude to you? Why couldn't they just be nice to you? I get it. I have that same thought process quite frequently when people negate what I say, when they reject me in some level, I have to be like, okay, you know, they're not rejecting me as much as they're rejecting my thought process or rejecting something I said because they have their own interpretation. And do I think that my interpretation is extremely beneficial? Sure. It's how I chose and am choosing to live my life. Of course, I believe in it, but it doesn't mean that they do. And they don't have to. And it doesn't mean I'm going to go surround myself with people who believe the way I believe because I don't want to be in an echo chamber. I do want to communicate with people consciously and in, in, in seeking connection. And if somebody's talking about a topic that's getting them fired up or it's getting me fired up and I, don't, and I feel like they're getting ready to be extremely conflictatory, they're, they're looking for an argument, Right? I can just simply chunk it from down. And this, 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 this works so well when it comes to politics. Because somebody can be railing on the donkey or the, or the elephant and something that somebody said. And you can be like, yeah, you know, I get it. I mean, it's, it's just sort of like, why do people say some of the things they do? You know, and then you, maybe it's because they have a certain belief system. You know, it's like, I don't believe the things that they believe. You know, I just, I believe everybody should be treated as equals and loved and honored as the amazing divine creatures we are because some way or another, the universe was able to connect a bunch of chromosomes and DNA. And here we are. Isn't that awesome? Right. And it can shift the conversation from the stupid thing somebody said in the speech to how miraculous life is and how we should all be allowed to, you know, have our feelings be felt and in our in our, our thoughts be um, heard. Uh, whatever that looks like to you, I can't throw out enough examples to possibly be able to completely integrate this into your brain. But now that we've gone over it for the last forty or so minutes, you're going to notice this when people are locked into the specifics. Get them to climb the ladder up to the more idealized, abstract viewpoint on it, the, the, where there's values, beliefs opinions, morals, ethics, principles, standards. When you get people to chunk up that way, then you can lateral chunk it over to a completely different topic. You know, you could say, you know, hard work. And, you know, I just don't think these politicians are work very hard here to write. You know, I believe in hard work. I mean, goodness, I'll never forget how hard, you know, I had to work in the de- in the field whenever I was working for my dad when I was a kid. And my dad, he told me hard work pays off. That, you know, those who work hard, you know, they get what they want because they, they're ready to work hard anytime hard work is, is shown, they see that as the gateway to what they want to achieve. And the person's like, you're right, my dad, God, he was all about hard work. And now all of a sudden, you've moved it away from this politician who doesn't work hard, who's taken advantage of people, and you've moved it over to something that's more relatable, how our parents showed us how hard work is good for us, right? That's, a, that, that's going up into the side. You can go down into the side. You can go side to side and up and down and all over the place. But when you want to fully walk away from this, being able to see it in your mind, just picture a bicycle, right? What does that bicycle allow you to accomplish in your life? That's chunking up, right? And if you say, well, the bicycle can take me to work and the work provides me money and money provides me stability and stability provides me safety, very idealized. You can also say, well, that bike takes me to work. And when I'm at work, I can be a good team member. And when I'm a good team member, I make friends. And when I make friends, I want to go to work more often. When I make work, when I want to work more often, I make more money and I'm allowed to take that money and I get to go pay off my credit card bill and paying off that credit card bill allows me to go to Red Lobster more often. And when I go to Red Lobster, I delete delicious lobster tails. And I like lobster tails because I dip them in butter. You've taken the same job that this bicycle takes you to and you've chunked it down to it creating lobster butter in your future. Or you chunk it up and you talk about the freedom and the adventures you can go on because you have a job that pays you money to go do those things. 
It can be that simple. It is that simple. So you picture this bike and what it can take you to do. And if you just want to look at the bicycle chunked up and chunked down, the bicycle takes you places and chunked down, it is made out of aluminum and metal and grease and rubber. That's the, right? Those are pretty much the more four main components and wires and things like that. And even the wires are made out of metal and the rubber is what tires are made out of. So you can chunk it down to the individual components. And when you want to go across, there's bicycles and there's roller skates and there's cars and there's taxis and there's buses. And all of these things are just other forms of transportation. So when you're looking for ways to communicate, look no further than how are you chunking material. By using chunks, these relationships between component parts, they can be defined. After all, something will never be general or specific or huge or tiny, good or bad by itself. It requires context. It requires a relationship to the other pieces of material that you're talking about. There has to be this frame that it needs to be defined. Nothing has any meaning in isolation. A bicycle by itself has no meaning. You know, a, a politician just standing up there in silence has no meaning. There's context. There's there's things that we have relationships to what they've done in the past, to what they've said they'll do in the future. Information by its very self is it can it can be very expansive. It can it can be very simple and exact, or it can be very complicated and abstract, and that's depending on how it's chunked. It can consist of one word, a phrase, multiple sentences, or forty six minutes of me talking about it. Chunking allows for language to be used as a spark to ignite a connection for us to expand and explore by going with the higher meaning of what things are by chunking up or specific clarification in this relation to information, perhaps missing information in the initial message. Somebody walks in and says, you know, I'm tired. That's that's a statement. There's no context for it. Well, why are you tired? I didn't go to bed last night until very late. Why didn't you go to bed very last night until very late? Well, I got on TikTok and I started watching jump roping videos. And well, why did you start watching jump roping videos? You know, I just want to be more physically fit. I feel like I'm putting on a little bit of weight and it's, I breathe heavy when I walk upstairs and I'm just worried that in 20 years, I'm going to be 500 pounds overweight. You've got them to take something that I'm tired today and chunk it down to how that specifically is affecting them today. I'm tired today because this is easily be chunked up. Well, what happens if you're tired multiple days? I don't get work done. What happens if you don't get your work done? I fall behind. What happens if you fall behind? I get bad grades. And if you get bad grades, then what happens? And then I don't pass school. If you don't pass school, what happens? I don't get the job I want. And then what happens? I don't have the money I want. And then what happens? I don't create the life that I want. You've literally taken the same statement. I'm tired today and chunked it all the way up to not having the life they want or chunking it all the way down to uh, wanting to start being more active so that they can lose some weight. But it was the same statement. I'm tired today. You can chunk it down and get specific about how that's affecting them or what they could do about that. Or you could chunk it up to what long-term tired would actually create in their life. It's like, oh, you know, or you can chunk it to the side. Yeah, you know, I've, I've been tired a little bit today. But, you know, I also got a little bit energetic today. Yeah, when somebody was talking about this one thing I was super into. And then they could be like, yeah, you know, actually at class they were talking about this one thing. I was super into it. All of a sudden I, I didn't feel tired anymore. I was actually really into that. Wow, you know, tell me more about that. Then they have this one thing they heard about in school and you can take that and you can chunk it up or chunk it down to get specific on why it matters to them or to get more abstract about what liking that and being excited about that will create in their life. It's absolutely fantastic. And when you find yourself about ready to get into an argument in your home or with people during the holidays or just in life in general, figure out, can you chunk it up? Can you chunk it down? Or can you move it to something else? Like again, free association. So something that maybe you didn't think it even had a connection to, but all of a sudden it does. Wow, milk is expensive. Well, what else could you put in your cereal? Water, almond milk, coconut milk, I don't know, orange juice. That might all sound disgusting, but there are other things that you could wet that cereal down with. And that would be the idea of lateral chunking, moving it to the side, getting them to start seeing how uh, where they were narrowly focused actually has broad expansion capabilities. So I use this stuff all the time. Um, I really do hope that I've made it clear. I One of the things that I find myself running into is not wanting to talk about too many hot button issues and, you know, 
get people pissed off. I don't care if you cancel me. That's fine. There's plenty of listeners who won't find me uh, cancelable. And I'm sure there's plenty of people who've already canceled me who will never even hear this. Right? I am neutral on all of these things when it comes to talking about them on the show. I have no no interest in expressing what my opinions on social issues are. That's not going to create connection with so many people. 117 some odd countries, you know, tens of thousands of listeners all around the world. You're all going to have a different perspective, and mine is it's it's not necessary here. There's other places I have to share that information. What we're looking for here is inclusivity, not exclusivity. If I start throwing my hatchet down on certain topics and planting my flags on certain hills, other people might feel ex- excluded. And if you've listened to this show for 150 some odd episodes, you know my goal here is not to exclude everyone. So I'll keep bringing up tons of different ways of discussing this, hoping that one of them will finally crack through that shell that's around your brain and get in there and just allow you to expand your way of thinking. I chunk up and chunk down all the time on this show. I lateral chunk. Half of the reasons I get off topic is because I found free association between one thing I'm saying now and something else I've said another time. You chunk up and chunk down and chunk to the side all the time. And I mean, I can literally say all the time, that is a great place for a universal qualifier. Conversations are, it's like whenever you, you start talking about your favorite friends episode and next thing you know, you're talking about butterflies in the Amazon rainforest and you're like, how the hell did we get here? You were chunking up, you were chunking down and you were chunking to the side. It was just free association. You were just moving up and down ladders to the sides. It's like the old Donkey Kong video game. Sometimes you were going up, sometimes you were going down, sometimes you were jumping over to a completely different ladder, but you were all playing the same game. That's how conversations are. And you know the ones that feel amazing. You know the ones you walk away from feeling connected because you've been able to go chunk up and chunk down and chunk to the sides and you've been able to release judgment about how somebody else is experiencing their life and just accept that that's the way they experience their life. It's beautiful. It's powerful. It's majestic. And the more of us that can release some of the strong emotions we have about something, not necessarily release them internally, feel the way you want to feel about things, but when somebody else approaches us with a different point of view, to not lash out at them because they don't see it our way because we're so internally emotional about this topic that we can say, okay, you have your way. And I would really love to know how it is you came about your way. When we seek to understand people at a deeper, more meaningful level, and we release judgment, knowing we don't have to condone what they're saying and or believe it or subscribe to it. We just simply create a space for them to be heard. Then they can create a space for us to be heard. And in the college world, in an college environment, this is literally what's supposed to be happening there. In the 60s and 70s, it was the college students who started to rail against the Vietnam War that changed the tide of how we saw that war and why we were ready to leave it when we did. The college world is supposed to be the one of expansion, not constriction. So if you find yourself being constricted because you refuse to open up your proverbial, you know, metaphorical mind here and, and just hear somebody else out, I beg of you to just stop for a moment and ask yourself, what if somebody was shutting you down? How would that make you feel? If we start to treat each other like we would like to be treated, I have a feeling that we would hug a lot more instead of fight. All right, my friends, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release it and flow. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.